Namaste. My name is Neelima. Welcome to Reflections Along the Way podcast where you will be listening to reflections from learnings and experiences along my life's journey. When we first start our spiritual life, we wonder like you know where has this world come from where will it go and uh, all those sort of questions and after we start understanding about the outer world then we start reflecting on what is this body how do these sense organs function and all that right for example for a person who is blind they cannot see any form similarly for a person who is deaf they can see forms moving but they can't hear anything and for us to enjoy any taste or smell we need a nose and a tongue if none of these sense organs are present then we can't experience the world right we cannot taste we cannot smell we cannot see and so on so basically if we take out these sense organs then there's no world for us it's as though that there is nothing right then we have to come to a conclusion that our concept of this world is only gained through our sense organs now the sense organs by themselves they cannot function without a mind because like when we are sleeping and all there is no mind right mind does not function and since the mind is not function the sense organs are also not functioning at that point so then we start further inquiry as to okay how is this mind working then and where are we getting this joy and sorrow from so on and on we continue our probing into the inner realms the subtler realms of the mind and as we move uh, more and more within we move in our contemplative search toward the center which is the self in vedanta each of these external covers of the self external coatings of the self is termed as a sheath kosha in sanskrit just as like a sheath kind of covers the blade of the sword similarly all these sheaths all these koshas appear to cover the self which actually is not touched by these coverings now our body forms like the grossest covering and that's called the physical sheath a little bit subtler than the body is the vital air sheath and more subtler is the mental sheath which is the mind more subtler than the mind is the intellectual sheath and subtler than that is the bliss sheath which is the seat of joy so these five distinct sheaths are called panchakoshas in sanskrit panchakoshas means five sheaths so just to go over them again they are the food sheath which is called annamaya kosha in sanskrit the second one is the vital air sheath pranamaya kosha third is the mental sheath manomaya kosha fourth is the intellectual sheath vijnanamaya kosha and fifth is the bliss sheath which is anandamaya kosha now the food sheath is the physical body that's the outermost covering of the self 
and beyond this we do not physically exist now why is it called food sheath because this body is emerged from the essence of the food assimilated by the father and then this body is nourished in the womb by the food eaten by the mother and this body continues to exist because of the food eaten by us as an individual and after that ultimately after death it goes back to fertilize the earth and it becomes food for plants and worms so this physical body it arises out of food it exists in food and it goes back to becoming food and that is why it is called the food sheath now this food sheath has five organs of perception which are called gnana indriyas and five organs of action called the karma indriyas the five organs of perception through which we perceive and get knowledge are eyes ears nose tongue and skin and the five organs of action which are karma indriyas are hands legs organs of speech genital organs and organs of evacuation now through these five organs of perception we get stimuli from the external world in the form of color form smell taste sounds touch etc right through these only we perceive things so through these five organs of perception we receive stimuli from the external world and the mind and intellect react based on those stimuli and the mind intellect equipment issues responses and these responses are expressed by the organs of action the five faculties which are called panchapranas they correspond to five physiological systems that are detailed by physiologists and they represent the vital air sheath or pranamaya kosha and the five faculties that comprise the sheath are the faculty of perception or prana so this controls the perceptions of seeing hearing smelling tasting and touching the second one is the faculty of excretion which is apana this controls throwing out by the body such as sperm feces sweat etc and this faculty of digestion samana digests the food that the stomach uh, intakes the f- fourth one is vyana that's a faculty of circulation that distributes the food that is digested to various parts of the body through the blood stream and the fifth one is the faculty of thinking which is udana that has the capacity to entertain understand absorb assimilate new thoughts and uh, this capacity is what helps us to uh, get new knowledge learn to educate ourselves etc the faculty of thinking or udana is different from intellect which is called buddhi intellect is the faculty of discrimination udana just has the capacity of acquiring new knowledge but intellect buddhi is what allows us to discriminate based on the knowledge that we already possess 
because of the background knowledge we can judge between whether something is good or bad whether something is right or wrong etc as as we grow gradually the person loses one's faculty of thinking but very likely he or she attains a sharper intellect because as a person grows there's a, a bunch of knowledge that has already been accumulated so the individual can make decisions based on this reservoir of knowledge that's already present and these functions the vital air functions are manifested as long as the person is breathing air and that is why they are together called the vital air sheath now this vital air sheath is what controls and regulates the food sheath when the pranas are not functioning properly according to their particular function then the physical body is affected by it and as a person advances in age the five faculties gradually become weaker and weaker the next two sheets are the mental and intellectual sheets now the mental sheet is what regulates the vital air sheet for example if your mind is upset then the function of the pranas is also affected and uh, eventually the physical body is also affected when the mind is very joyful then the vital air sheet works very efficiently and so does the food sheet now the intellectual sheet is more subtler than the mental sheet and to understand this better then we need to kind of distinguish and differentiate between mind and intellect so the mind receives these stimuli from the external world right and that is through the sense organs whenever these sense organs perceive the world they send stimuli to the mind and the mind receives those stimuli now the intellect is the faculty which discriminates it examines and judges this stimuli based on whatever knowledge that's already there and receives this information from the mind and it kind of examines it and it has this capacity to discriminate after it kind of judges and uh, uh, examines it it communicates its decision back to the mind and the mind sends directive to the organs of action to respond to the world now for example if we touch a like a really hot plate as soon as we touch it we quickly remove the hand right but just in that small action there is a, there are a series of things that happen so as soon as our finger touches that plate that hot plate then the skin it carries that stimulus of heat to the mind and the mind sends that information to the intellect now the intellect has a memory from past experiences which says that hey that's dangerous that's going to burn our skin the intellect sends this decision to the mind that the hand has to be removed and the mind communicates that to those respective muscles in the body and that's what actually makes us physically remove that finger from the hot plate now the second distinction is the mind is a continuous flow of thoughts if each thought is compared to like a bucket of water then the mind can be compared to a river which is nothing but a flow of water now the bucket of water has no power on its own right but when 
lots and lots of buckets of water come together in continuous motion you continuously start pouring water one bucket after another then there's strength to it right similarly when thoughts are flowing continuously then there is this apparent power and strength that's called the mind now the direction of the flow of water or river is determined by its banks if the banks are turning to the left the water in the river turns to the left right in the same way the human intellect can set the direction of the thought flow if a person is very noble then the thoughts flowing in the mind will be noble also if however the intellect is vulgar then the mind also follows that same suit and the actions that follow are also not so noble now the mind is also a seat of emotions it could be greed love hatred jealousy empathy and so on whereas the intellect it's like an springboard of ideas such as liberty mathematical formulas freedom etc now the mind can only function in known realms whereas the intellect can reach into realms of thought that hasn't been explored yet the mind is always changing it always is oscillating back and forth when these thoughts stabilize and they form this judgment a willful judgment then that function is called intellect so when there is doubt and indecisiveness then that's the function of the mind but when one makes a firm decision those thoughts reflect the status of the intellect so basically what is the mind at one moment it becomes the intellect at another moment and vice versa the intellect can be reduced to the status of the mind when the decisions are broken by another powerful idea or powerful intellect right this kind of changing between mind and intellect it's possible because these are purely functional it's not like they're two different organs called the mind and the intellect these are only functions there's no structure to it so both of them are basically thoughts now the bliss sheath is the innermost of all the five sheaths and it's the most subtle this sheath consists vasanas vasanas as we've studied before are those inherent tendencies that each of us have before they become grosser into thoughts and actions and this sheath is experienced in the state of deep sleep in that state there's no manifestation of any thoughts or actions it's basically complete ignorance like i know nothing i don't know anything in that state this is called bliss sheath because whenever we are in deep sleep we we experience a relative bliss right in the waking and dream state there are agitations but once we sleep this undisturbed peace right i mean whether we are rich or poor or healthy unhealthy whatever and it's basically peaceful because we don't have all the agitations that we experience in the waking or dream states right that they, they've totally stopped but this state this bliss is not the same as the infinite bliss that one experiences in the state of god realization in vedanta a lot of terms are used to um describe that realm 
such as blishit vastness um ignorance a uh, state of deep sleep causal body non apprehension etc they very prevalent when we are studying vedanta so the knowledge of these is essential uh, to understand better in essence all these are the same but they're each used to indicate a certain aspect of the same thing now beyond these five sheets is om the self atman which is the core right these five sheets are like layers of dress which are worn by the self each of these sheets is different from the wearer or the atman when we are describing these sheets we say that like vital air sheet is within the food sheet the mental sheet is within vital air sheet the intellectual sheet is within mental sheet and the bliss sheet is the innermost within the intellectual sheet and the self is the core the innermost and when we are describing sometimes we feel that oh self is very minute and it's very small which is like inside all these layers and layers of matter but in the upanishads this this self is described as all pervading so this term is to be understood in philosophical way not like in a physical way and we think of this self as something very small and or something like that so basically when they say something is within something it just means that it is more subtler than the outer one and the subtler one is what controls and feeds the outer sheath so what that indicates is the self is the subtlest of all it is the one which controls and nourishes all the other five layers of sheets now again the what the subtlety mean subtlety means that it's measured by its pervasiveness for example when when a piece of ice melts the water that forms out of it it occupies more area right in philosophy we would say that water is subtler than ice similarly when the water is boiled then the steam that's generated it spreads through the entire atmosphere so the steam is subtler than the water similarly the food sheet is considered as the grossest of all the layers as it's the least pervasive right because the dimensions of the body the physical body it's almost the same at all times it may expand a few inches here and there based on how heavy the meal is and so on but the perceptions of the vital air sheath they go beyond the boundaries of the physical body right because the sense organs perceive forms sounds smells etc that lie beyond the physical body physical structure correct so the vital air sheath is more pervasive than the food sheath and hence is subtler than the food sheath now the mental sheath is even more pervasive and it's more pervasive than the vital air sheath because the mind can comprehend or it can go into areas beyond the scope of the physical perception so basically if like if we had visited some place for vacation or something even though we are not in this place now the mind can perceive that place it can travel to areas beyond the scope of the physical perception right so that's why the mental sheath is more pervasive and hence more subtler than the vital air sheath 
now the intellectual sheath it extends farther than the mental sheath because mental sheath or the mind can only travel to the realms of what is already known but intellectual sheath can comprehend into the realms which which are unknown the new areas of thought and that's why it is subtler than the mental sheath the bliss sheath is the most pervasive of all these five because it consists of vasanas and it is the one which controls the behavior of all the other four layers other four sheaths because vasanas are the cause of the other sheaths and because it's the cause it's inherently there in the other four sheaths which are the effect of this sheath and none of the other four areas have like access to this bliss sheath the self pervades all these five sheets it's it's all pervading it's infinite and the subtlety of this self is beyond the human comprehension it's beyond the mind beyond the intellect and hence the goal of life is to transcend all these five sheets and learn to identify with this pure self which is infinite which is limitless and which is, which is all pervading that core of joy and peace which is veiled by all these other sheets temporarily thank you for listening to today's reflections if you'd like to connect with me please visit bluishmuse.com until next time namaste